Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Well, alrighty then. Uh, good morning, Soul City Church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is good to be with you all. Uh, as Jarrett said, if we haven't met yet, my name is John. I'm a part of the teaching team here. And I want to start by saying something. I have to start by saying we have a pretty awesome pastor in Pastor Jarrett, don't we? Yes? I agree. I agree. Uh, let, me, let me just tell you one reason why I think he's so awesome. He's humble, people. Here's how I know that. He came up here. And he didn't even tell you all that yesterday was his birthday, okay? Come on. 75 years old. Looks amazing, I'd say. Looks amazing. And for his birthday, actually, we wanted to give you all a gift. So listen up. For today and today only, we are running a two for 20 sale on Jarrett's new book, Praying Through. That's right. That's right. Listen up. That's Two books for $20 today only in the Soul City store. Listen, I have read this book multiple times, no joke. It is a fantastic resource. I say that not even biased at all, really. Uh, I believe it is a book that will help take you wherever you're at in your faith and help you move forward in that journey. I think it will help you in your relationship with God. So don't miss the opportunity. Grab a copy for yourself and one for a friend as you leave today. Uh, I'm also very excited that we are indeed celebrating baptism today. Some of you are going to declare and celebrate your yes to God here in just a few moments. Yes, we can clap for that. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. But before we get to all that, I actually want to jump into the conversation that you all were just having, because unlike Jarrett, I did watch the Oscars and I watched every movie that was nominated for Best Picture. In fact, I do that every year. I consider myself to be a bit of a movie buff, if you will. But I have to tell you, when I was younger, like when I was a kid, I loved movies then. I loved them so much, in fact, that during the summers when I would stay home because there was no school, I would watch the same movies every single day. And not only would I watch them, but I would memorize every line in those movies. And I would act out those movies in my basement while I watched them. So like, when I would watch Remember the Titans, when the Titans played football, I would play football. You know, When they would do a sideline dance, I would do a sideline dance. When I watched 10 Things I Hate About You and Heath Ledger kisses Julia Stiles at the end, I kissed a pillow next to me on the couch. It's true, it's disgusting, we burned the couch after that, trust me. But I, I think just like you and just like Jarrett with Star Wars, I, I wanted to live in those worlds. And I think that's part of the reason we, we really love TV and movies is because in a way, each and every one of us, we want to live in a story of sorts. And the slightly ironic thing about that is we kind of are. There's an author by the name of Daniel Taylor, and he has sort of a thesis about this idea of living in a story. He says this, I think story offers us the single best paradigm for making sense of the human experience. What Taylor is saying here is that every single one of us is living in a story. Or in other words, every person in this room has a certain way that they look at the world. You have a certain way that you think about life. I'll give you an example. For me, growing up, I was fed a story by my parents, and that story went like this. If you're late, if you are not on time, then people will be suspicious of you, 
and you will be in big trouble. That's the story I was given. Fast forward to just two weeks ago, I was late for a meeting with Jarrett, and I walked in so flustered, like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he looked at me and he was like, dude, relax. You're five minutes late. But I am still living in that story. It's still directing my life. And just like me, you have stories that you are living in. Like for you, maybe you have a story surrounding your career. Maybe you're between jobs right now and you tell yourself a story that if I don't make more or if I don't have a better title at my next job, then I'm not even going to look at it. That's a step back for me. This week was Valentine's Day. Maybe you have a story surrounding that, you know? You have a story that kind of says, you know what, I actually, I can't trust anyone with my heart, really. And so I actually think I'm better off just sticking with superficial maybe even purely physical relationships. That's what's good for me right now. Maybe that's your story. You may have a story about church, right? That religion is oppressive, that, that it restricts human freedom. Whatever it is, each and every one of us, we have a story or multiple stories we're living in. And I think it's important for us to begin to recognize what that narrative is for us. Because the truth is, whether you realize it or not, the story you live in determines the life you live out. That's just true. The story that you live in, the way that you choose to look at the world, that changes the way you live your life. It changes the relationships you form, the choices you make, the person you become. All of that is shaped and formed by the story that you choose to live in today. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. So do me a favor, reach under the seat in front of you and grab a Bible. It looks kind of like this. Grab one of those and turn with me to page 812, page 812. As we move toward baptism today, uh, we're going to be looking at a passage from early on in the ministry of Jesus. This is sort of right at the launch of the work that Jesus is going to do in the world. Uh, and we find it in Mark chapter 1 on page 812 in the Soul City Bible. And I'm going to start reading in verse 9. And if it's okay, I'm going to need your help a little bit. It says, Mark 1, 9, At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized. How perfect, how appropriate. Was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water. He saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. A little context for you with this story. Just like you and me, the people in the ancient world had their own stories that they were living in. And for the Jewish people in particular, which are the people that Jesus first came to, one of their stories had to do with the very reason you and I are here today. They had a story about water. Specifically, the Jewish people had a very specific story about coming through or coming out of water. And it was a pretty big deal for their people and their tradition. But of course, we're living thousands of years later. And so in order for us to understand this passage, this story in Mark chapter 1, we first have to understand that story that the Jewish people had surrounding water. So I want you to do something with me for a second. I want you to imagine that you are an ancient person living in the Middle East. Now remember, you do not have most of the nautical technology that we have today. Your boats and your ships are a bit more primitive. And because of that, 
you have likely lost many friends, maybe even family members, to shipwrecks on the seas. You've seen people die. You perhaps, uh, you live in an area of consistent flooding as well, which ruins your crops consistently, which are your livelihood. You don't have the luxury of just like turning on Disney Nature's Oceans on Netflix and seeing footage of the Mariana Trench. And so for the people in the ancient world, the ocean, the deep waters, they were a total mystery. And they thought of them as this sort of powerful, deep, dark, insurmountable force. That was the story that ancient people had surrounding the waters. And it is in the midst of this cultural story that the writers of the Bible, from the beginning, start to tell a very different narrative. From the beginning, in Genesis, we read the creation story, the creation narrative of how God created the world. And in verse 6, it says this, And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters, to separate water from water. So we see, in a culture where the waters were regarded as an impenetrable, uncontrollable force, Page one of the Bible opens with the story of a God who created the world by manipulating and controlling those very waters that people were so scared of, yes? And we don't stop there. Many of you might be familiar with the story of Noah and an ark where God brings a flood to the earth, yes? Genesis chapter 7. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days, but God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. God brings Noah and his family through the waters. This is what we in English class like to call a theme. Yes? There's other stories as well. You may know or remember the story of God meeting Moses at the banks of the Red Sea, and God parts the waters. Joshua and the Israelites, they're standing at the Jordan River, and as soon as they dip their toes in the waters, the river upstream is halted, and they're able to walk across on dry ground. This is why when the prophets later on in the story are talking about and trying to describe how God relates to humans, they say things like this, when you pass through the Waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And so this is why when God himself came to this earth in the person of Jesus, the very first thing that he did to launch his ministry was to get baptized, a.k.a. Jesus came through the waters. You see what's going on here? It's kind of cool once you see it. The dominant narrative of the ancient world was When you run into water, turn around. But the story of the people of God says, no, no, no. Where there's water, we believe there's a way. From the beginning of time, yes, from the beginning of time, God's people have been living a different story. They've been living a story that says, no, 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 no. Whatever the water, meaning whatever the odds Whatever the obstacle we are facing, whatever the trouble that is in front of us, we are believing in a God who brings us through. Yes. One person is excited about it. That's because God has brought her through, I guarantee you. And so what does this have to do with with this, with baptism? Well, very simply, just like Jesus in Mark chapter 1, baptism is you coming through the waters. And so what baptism is, is it is a declaration 
of your participation in this story of God. Baptism is you saying, I am not choosing the story of my past, whatever that may be. I'm not choosing the story of a broken world or whatever narrative our culture tries to fit me into. I'm choosing this story. A story that says, where there's water in my life, there's a way. A story that says, for every problem I face, I believe God has a path. For every hardship in my life, I actually have hope because I'm living in the story of a God who brings me through. And baptism, it's your declaration, you saying, this is the story I'm choosing. This is the story that I'm letting define my life. And so the question that we have to ask ourselves this morning is very simple but also very challenging. The question is, are you living in this story? Is this the story you're living in, or are you perhaps choosing a different one? When you run into water in your life, and each and every one of us does, right? When you run into a hardship, or an obstacle, or a difficult season, or when you run into tragedy, do you find yourself saying things like, ah, here we go again. Of course, this is happening to me. Do you have thoughts where you really start to question, I don't think I'll ever get through this. I don't think I'll ever be free from this. Do you look at the world and you think, you know, people are awful, so God must be cruel, and so I'm just alone in the world. Does that story sound familiar to anybody? If it does, if that story does sound familiar to you, can I just ask, why wouldn't you want a different one then? Like, don't you want to live in a different story for your life? And believe me, I'm not trying to belittle anyone's circumstances here. That's not what I'm trying to do. Because let's be real, life can be really, really hard sometimes, yeah? And I know some of you, you walked in here this morning carrying unimaginable pain and heartbreak. And isn't that exactly why you would want to choose a story where there's a God who declares, I am close to the brokenhearted? Like, when you look at the chaos of our world, Don't you just need a story that believes that there's a God who's bringing order out of the chaos? When you're stuck in darkness in your life, don't you want to cling to a story of a God who brings light out of darkness, of a God who promises healing out of brokenness? When you walk through a season of loneliness, don't you want to cling to a story where there's a God that says, I'll never leave you or forsake you? Don't you want to be the kind of person who can look the problems of this life dead in the face and say, no, 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 I believe greater is he that is in me than anything that is in the world. Don't you want to be that resilient? Well, here's the good news. Through a relationship with Jesus, God is inviting you into that story as well. Just as he's been doing for thousands upon thousands of years, God is inviting you into a new and better story for your life through a relationship with Jesus. God is saying, I'm making a way for you. Will you walk across the sea? That's the question. And maybe that's where you're at this morning. You know, maybe that actually for you, that is your next step. You've been trying this out for a while and you're like, no, I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. God, I'm ready to say yes to your invitation into a new story for my life. And can I just say, if that's where you're at this morning, if that's your next step, I can't think of a better way for you to mark that decision today than by getting baptized. 
Because that's what baptism is. It is a declaration of your participation in God's story for your life. When you step into those waters, what you're saying is, God, I'm choosing you. I'm choosing Jesus, your way, your story. Others of you, you have been living in that story. You know, you've been around for a while, maybe even a few years. And you've been trying it out, but you've yet to go all in with it. Yeah, you might say it this way. You've accepted the invitation, but you've yet to make the declaration. Yeah? And maybe you have a good reason for it, you know? Maybe you've been delaying for a while because you have a story in your head of how you thought baptism was going to go for you. Well, I wanted my family to be here, or I didn't want to do it in winter because it's freezing outside. (laughs) Whatever it is, you probably had a good reason for why you should delay it till next time. Can I just say that in my experience of following Jesus for about half my life, there is no better time to take your next step with God than this now moment. Now is the best time for it. And still, I know there are others of you who, you know, you've accepted the invitation, you've made the declaration, you're living in that story, but today coming in here, you just need a fresh reminder of what it is. A few weeks ago, uh, Two weeks ago, my wife and I, we were on our way home from church, and we got one of those calls that you never want to get. Uh, We got a call that one of our best friends in the world, a friend who was in our wedding, a friend who was an integral part of our story growing up, we got a call that he passed away suddenly at 33 years old. Um, And... While these last few weeks, they've obviously been uh, really, really tough for us. Um, But something interesting has been happening over the last couple weeks. I've had several people come up to me and come up to Aaron and be like, you guys seem like you're doing pretty good. Like, you guys just seem so strong. And I want to be very clear. Maybe that is somewhat true. But to be very clear, it's not that we aren't absolutely heartbroken by this loss because we are. We're a mess sometimes. But at the same time, we are living in a different story. That's what it means to live in a story where there is a God who brings us through whatever it is we are going through. And not just in life, by the way. But if you remember, this was the same God who was killed, buried, and who rose again. And the same God who conquered the grave is inviting you and me into a story where not even death, even an untimely and tragic death, has the final word. And that's what I'm clinging to. And baptism, that, it's a symbol of that. Baptism, it's you going into the water just as Jesus went into the grave. And then being raised into new life, baptism, it is this wonderful picture of the redemptive story that you and I have been invited into, that there is no water, no obstacle, no pattern in your life, even no loss in your life that is the end of your story, but God actually brings you through, and that's what you're declaring when you step in here. This is not just for the people who are going to step into this tub. I need a fresh reminder today that that story is still being written. Yes? And my story right now, Aaron and I, we are just one of many examples I know of people in this church who God has and is bringing through. And I want to give you an opportunity 
to hear another one of those stories now. So if you want to turn your attention to the screens to hear Walter's story. <laughs> 